The QPR podcast is sponsored by Grant Harrod Lerman Davis, accountants and tax advisors for individuals and businesses. The Harrod in that title is Jeremy, who's a partner, a mad QPR fan who goes to both home and away games. If you want expert advice and a free consultation, phone Jeremy on 01895 633 033 or go to ghld.uk.com. QPR, QPR. Hello and welcome to the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. I'm joined by uh, three other QPR fans this week. Um, actually, this week is... Um, I haven't take, made any notes because I felt I didn't need to. We are in the presence of... QPR fan royalty almost tonight. We've got a brilliant, brilliant lineup in the studio. We've got um, some guys who are uh, erudite, have opinions that are respected, controversial sometimes. We've also got Paul with us. I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> fell flat. No, I'm David. I'm here with um, my colleague, my esteemed colleague, Paul Finney. Colleague now, hello. Colleague. And I'm joined by David. Yeah, and, and we also have from Loffer Words, Clive Whittingham. Which means we've lost. <laughs> Before we came on, Clive said, you got me on because we've lost. Well, no, I'm know, sure you've come on. I think if you check the records, it's always after a loss. I'm going right? to start wearing a black cloak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we also have first-time first time podcaster, uh, Matt Winton. Good evening. Who's, who's um you never, never shy to sort of wind a few people up on Twitter. So I'm sure we will have a very um, good discussion. I'm basically going to just sort of sit back and referee. Let, before we do that, let me take you through the bits and pieces that I need to take you through. You can follow us on Twitter at QPR Podcast. You can search for us on Facebook. Look for the new QPR podcast and you'll find us. And you can find all our old episodes and iTunes, ep, I, I, um, our iTunes listing at qprpod.co.uk. Uh, this podcast is also uh, supported by um, Grant Harrod Lerman Davis Accountants. You can find them at ghld.uk.com. And that's uh, Jeremy Harrod, who's longtime QPR fan, season ticket holder, um, who's uh, got behind us and helping us with the podcast. So thank you very much to them. Right, Clive, seeing as you, you're very cynical about these things and you're sure we've got you on for um, reasons of a defeat nature and you have a page of notes, which is more than me this evening, I'm why don't you yeah. start us off? How are you feeling, Clive? I've, ne- I've never done notes before. So, uh, I've so never not things, done notes things before. Things must be bad. Um, how am I feeling? Uh, Pretty, yeah, not not great as uh, as I'm sure everybody else is. I mean, there was there was a lot that went on before Saturday's game, which I'm sure we'll come to with the, the Warnock appointment and, and things like that. Saturday's game was pretty standard championship fair, and we started well uh, and took the lead, um, playing well. The shape looked good. Phillips right, Cherry left, Emmanuel Thomas in the middle. We then conceded a goal. Thanks to two issues which we've had all season, which at the moment Chris Ramsey doesn't seem able to address. The first is the two fullbacks are playing appallingly badly every week. Koncheski, because he is a poor footballer, and Perch, I'm not quite sure what on earth has, we've done to, to Perch. I thought he was quite a reasonable player before he got here. Uh, and secondly, because the defence has been awful all year, 
we marked zonally, apparently, but I've, I've never seen a zone score a goal, so I'd prefer it if they just went and stood with the... Seen uh, one let in one, went, Yeah, was go and stand with the, the Birmingham players would have helped from that free kick that, you know, Paul Robinson was unmarked to start with, unmarked when he headed the ball, you know, I'm not sure... That he was quite shocked, I think. I said, I, we, I wasn't. As, as it came in, I said, we've struggled to defend these all season. And sure enough, they actually scored with 10 men because the guy that Perch fell for the free kick was off having treatment. So we, they were still all unmarked, even though they had a, a player less. Um, not enough intensity in the second half and too much sort of fussing about. Phillips went to the left, Cherry went to the right. You know, Birmingham showed exactly how you win in the championship. Just a proper basic team, strong defence, good shape. They all play the same position every week. They know what they're doing. Worked hard, got it wide, bit of pace out wide, got it in the box. Um, and we just overcomplicated it. We weren't intense enough in the second half. Substitution's probably worth another discussion. And, you know, QPR made a big deal out of it, possibly not being a penalty after the game. But for me, if... Leroy Fur, who we're all jolly excited about staying, and his his presence, along with a couple of others, is meant to be raising the expectations. He got caught messing about thirty yards from his own goal, gave the ball away, mm. and then Koncheski again, having spent the entire game fouling his man, decided on this occasion he was going to stand off and let him cross the ball. So I think it's a bit, you know, you can't really accuse a referee of costing you a game when you're making mistakes like that. Don't give the ball away; it's not a penalty, is it? So yeah, all in all, not terrific. Matt? Yeah, I wasn't at the game. Armchair fan. But um, I think that, you know, the manager's not learning. It's obvious. Um, Do you think that? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you can't keep making the same mistakes every week. Um, and but, what do you, what, when you say the same mistakes, what are those same mistakes? Well, the game management, I think, is the biggest issue. I think he looks like he goes into the game where he knows before the kickoff what substitutions he's going to make. And I think that there's not enough imagination. On the other hand, I think that it's entirely unfair, the situation that has been forced on the manager. And I think that the, the problems aren't, don't date back to this season. The problems date back to his appointment um, and what the club was looking to achieve when they appointed Ramsey... Um, they had a great chance to stay in the Premier League back in January last year, February. Um, sorry to diverse from the uh, Birmingham game yeah. itself. but um, And I think that they appointed Ramsey for whatever reason and that his, his appointment was an admission of relegation. Not because he's not a great coach, but because um, they had a chance to appoint a... The, there was clearly an imbalanced squad in January. They didn't address that in the transfer window. Um, and they waited till February the 1st to appoint Ramsey. So they, may, they had no option to address the squad issue under new management. And I'd, I don't know what the appointment of Ramsey was hoping to achieve other than a long-term project. Mm. Well, that's, that's the line from the club, isn't it? That yeah, it's, well. it's a long-term projects and it, therefore well, it was the line until last Wednesday when Uncle Tony came back <laughs> Paul but let, let's um, we'll, we'll come on to the obvious Neil Warnock shaped elephant in the room in a minute Paul Saturday very quiet elephant I'd like to see talk about Neil just I could just imagine Neil with, with Chris Conan and just watching him being very quiet and not having an opinion <laughs> at all and um, you know just, just, just let it all go over his head and just observing 
Not a hope. Um, <laughs> Saturday was you know my, my daughter's first proper away game. That was nice. I had to watch the game sober because she doesn't like pubs too much. But met Clive, had a couple of drinks with Clive. It's all very nice. <laughs> I, do, I do like pubs. Isn't um, it? And yeah. um, I, I was she let me have two, and that was my. I'm never bringing her again. I'm not watching QPR sober. I've done it a few times. It's not good. It's not nice. And as Paul Hull's always got to say, never let 90 minutes ruin a good day out. And we were discussing this in the pub earlier on. That we, it, the way days are brilliant, but Rangers will always ruin it at some point. But to be fair, it's the same thing. It's, I, mean, I know everyone says transition and everything else. And I think the fans were doing fine with that. Fans could blame for a lot. But at the start of the season, it was like, be patient. And as Clive said earlier on, not to take credit for it, so we were playing Diety, we were playing Furlong, we are playing youngsters. People, fans would be patient. We're playing... So would players. they? Do you think they would, Paul? Really? I think they'd have to be because we would have to have a direction because then it was sure we're trying to get the debt down, we're trying to do the right thing, we're trying to move forward. They've got a four-year, five-year destiny of the new ground, new training ground, whatever they, whatever they say, and we've got to go with it, apparently. And we, but this way, we keep messing up debt. Debt's going higher. Yeah, uh, we, we can't even get... It. We're going to come to this stage where we can't even get compete in the championship against a team like Birmingham, which cost... But I we are competing in the championship. We're competing in the sense that we are winning some games, but the performances at Birmingham and at Fulham are unacceptable at any But level. hold on, can I, just spinning this, Birmingham and Fulham are quite big clubs in the scheme of football. What, what the, I think the problem is... Sheffield is a big club, but I mean, when do they beat us as well? I Carry mean, on. Birmingham are, you know, short of... They were only a Gianni Palladini short of becoming... A, a going back to the old days, yeah. Birmingham. What I'm saying is, sorry, Matt, what mm. I'm, I, I, we should be able to go there and compete. We should mm. be able... The performances aren't good enough. Whatever way you look at it, you can't spin it. The performances are not good enough. Who, whose fault is that? Is it because there's no leadership at the club? Do we even know who's running the club? Is Fernandez running the club? Is like Ruben running the club? Is Ferdinand the manager? Is Ramsey the manager? There's, there's all this going on. Charlie um, Austin's tweet to um, looking forward to looking for Neil Warnock. Yeah, that's what, ridiculous. What, what did that mean? You know, there's all these subplots going on, and the, the, the biggest main plot is that we're not actually going anywhere. We're not actually going to achieve anything at the end of the season. Come January, we're going to put someone else in charge, and we're going to throw a load more players. Do you think that'll happen? Yeah. I don't, I, think, I don't think Ramsey can hold the fans. I don't even think we'll get that far. But um, Ra- be serious, Clive. If you were there, I was there Saturday. Well, I don't think we, I don't think we didn't compete. I think that's fairly the only game we haven't not the the only game we've not competed in this year was the was the Fulham disaster. And but, okay, well, comp- competing, competing for like things like headers and stuff does help when you have got the forward stand in your box. That's what I mean. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend the performance was any good. I think you know we've got to discuss now the fact that the head coach was undermined on three separate occasions yeah. in the three days leading up to, including two hours before ridiculous before was, the kickoff. You've got Tony Fernandez putting a message out on Wednesday, which is contrary to everything the club has yeah, said so far. The club I mean. has stuck to a United Party line, whether people agree with it or not, that we are going to consolidate and it is going to be steady this season. Mm. And then you've got Fernandez, who has deliberately taken a back seat for the better turning up and saying oh yeah well this is basically you know in not so many words so this is all well and good and it might be all right but promotion is absolutely everything to me so right so that's Wednesday Thursday I'm not quite sure what Les wanted to achieve by saying Ramsey's got to up his game but that is just a headline writer's dream and to to do it on the club's own in-house show you know that's the sort of thing that you let slip to a journalist and the journalist builds up into a headline that's how that usually happens. They do it on the club's own in-house thing. You know, again, ramping the pressure. It's not, not helpful. And then the timing of the Warnock announcement, I cannot possibly believe 
that the media team didn't advise against that because two hours before that game you only need you needed a modicum the fans were already on the turn you only needed them like a modicum of something to go wrong on Saturday and it was inevitable it would be chance for Neil Warnock chance you don't know what you do and that's exactly what happened the thing was is it was off the back of a two week international break which makes it an even more ridiculous um, bit of news that they had a whole period of no footballing news for two weeks and then they dropped that two hours before a game as fans were arriving in Birmingham um, the lynch mob uh, as you know some of them are at the moment and I think this goes back um, I mean I don't want to I don't I didn't travel I was saying frustrated mob not lynch mob Okay, frustrated mob. I think the issue is, I remember when I Holloway... Matt's, Matt's closer to the truth. When Holloway came to the club in 2000 and whatever, two or one. 2001, or I think, yeah. Um, and he said that we shouldn't expect, because our name's Queen's Park Rangers, that we're going to go and beat every team in Division 1 back then. And I, I really think that that's something fans need to... Um, because I, I look at playing teams like Birmingham, Fulham, however crap we might think they are now, that they are teams that um, we should take everyone with the utmost respect as fans and not expect to beat anyone in this league, not Rotherham, not anyone. And, um, and I think that that doesn't help the situation. And I, I, I entirely blame, and I'm going to say, I don't care who's listening to this, even if Tony Fernandez is listening to this, I entirely blame Tony Fernandez and, the, and his predecessor, Flavio Priatori, for setting fans' expectations so unrealistically. About um, building the brand. Yeah, and it's, um, it's, but, yeah, you know, it's just the club is so far removed from what it is. It's a club that hasn't moved on since Jim Gregory left the club. The club has not improved its facilities. Loftus Road has got nothing other than a big screen to show, you know. And, you know Remember I, that boutique club, Yarm? It's a complete... For a while. I, think, I think the thing is, that goes back to what Chris Wright, administration, when Wasps got the training ground and we got nothing. We got separated it. But somehow their administration was different to our administration. We actually got ripped off completely. Yeah. And, and we've been paying for that ever since by not having a training ground. And, so, and to be fair, even the one then wasn't that good, to be fair. But we've, you know, <laughs> Hang on, let me take you back to Warnock, seeing, seeing as we mentioned it. So we're not buying the party line that this was a uh, Ferdinand slash Ramsey appointment to bring in a, 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 some sage advice, a senior even, head. Even, even Paul Koncheski doesn't get sold as easy as that, to be honest. <laughs> Um, I just with Warnock. This is the thing. This is the thing that I, I think because the idea was muted over the summer that Jerry Francis would come in with Ramsey and do a bit of coaching. Mm-hmm. Jerry Francis has been following Tony Pulis around for the last five or six years doing the defensive coaching. I actually thought that sounded like a really good idea. I heard he was training his pigeons. Actually, like. yeah, possibly yes. Mm-hmm. Dougie Friedman takes Lenny Lawrence wherever he goes. Lenny Lawrence is the assistant at Forest mm-hmm. now. So that idea that you're an up-and-coming manager with someone that's been there and seen it and done it is actually a reasonable idea, I think. But Francis and Lawrence have been out of the managerial game for years, decades even. They haven't had a number one job. There's no threat there. Warnock was a Premier League manager this time Six last months, year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the, the first thing I say is it undermines the guy because Warnock, you know, he's not... The second thing is, Warnock wasn't a coach, even when he was a manager. He got Keith Curlin, he got Mick mm. Jones, and they did the coaching. Warnock turned up, picked the team, yelled at it. You know, he was proper he old. The time he's the old style football But Ramsey doesn't need a coach. Right. Because Ramsey's the coach. So he needs what? someone to tell him how to, or help him so develop that, as a manager. So that's but what... Then I, I thought that was... For, Les Ferdinand was supposed to be... This is the thing. So That what, boss yeah, so type of thing. Warnock... He's not coming in as the manager. He says he's got no interest in being the manager anymore. And he often says 
after he got harshly sacked by QPR, that what needs to happen is somebody like him needs to sit between the board and mm. the football side. Again, fair enough. I thought that's what Les Ferdinand was doing. So who, like, it just looks set up for Warnock to come in and replace Ferdinand and then somebody, possibly Sean Derry, to come in and replace Ramsey. It just, they undermine Redknapp with Ferdinand's appointment and it looks like they're undermining the what, we have, what we have now with... But it goes back to me being very anti the way that the club's being run at the moment. It's it's a PR dream. It's one PR dream after the next. It was Les was the PR dream. Now Warnock and Clint Hill and um, Derry is the PR dream that will get the fans singing Tony Fernandez. Um, and you know that's is it going to move QPR on? It might do, but the the reality is, has any of these appointments worked to date? Is there any confidence that, you know, the, the club needs to... I, I don't know, I think, you know, we go up, we've got Sandro, we've got Fur, maybe we'll stay up, but maybe we'll go and spunk another 100 mil and get relegated bottom place again. I think I think also the problem is, is how Tony hypes up the managers, and when Mike Rigg came, and they don't let me talk about Mike Rigg, he's irrelevant, <laughs> but it is, is he said, if this man doesn't take QPR forward, if he doesn't do things the right way, I'm sticking my reputation. If it doesn't work, I will resign. That well, Mike Rick didn't work, and Tony didn't resign. And I think he hypes people up. I don't think he does it in a nasty way. He just believes at that time that that is the right person. And he gets sold into this dream. Nine months later, like, nah. As, you, as I said, I said on Twitter earlier on, as we said in the pub, Les Ferdinand was in the stands at West Ham last year. That means, see you later, Harry. Harry's first thing was, we go to West Ham, try and get a player along. We can't take a player back. And Redknapp was sitting there going, because he doesn't know what he's doing, that's why I need me. And sometimes I think that's... Is it crueler to do what he's doing to, to um, Chris Ramsey and keep them there? Well, the fans have clearly turned. He's lost the fans. There's no way he's going to get the fans back unless we go on a 19-run unbeaten thing. There's always a way to get the Ramsey, fans back. Ramsey, it's it's, it's pretty results. vicious. I mean, I've never... It is pretty it's vicious. really vicious. Ramsey, Ramsey's not doing himself any favours. Let's not. You can't undermine a guy that's doing a wonderful job. Let's not pretend... That he's, he's doing a wonderful But you can undermine a guy who was brought in to do youth, taken off youth, put in to be in the first team manager, who wasn't expecting to and be in the first And you can also, you know, having spent all summer saying long-term plan, building a platform, to then be giving up eight months into his reign and actually only three months in mm. to his, his reign with his team. And we've actually, what is it, won four, drawn three, lost four? It's not exactly disastrous, not panic stations, is it? No. I, think, I think, I go back to it, it's performance-related. Fulham was unacceptable. As in, I don't expect to go to Fulham and win. I don't expect to go to Burnham and win. But you expect to go and give it a freaking but, um, go. Every time we've been to Fulham previously, yes. it's been much of the well, same. Well, yes. won it's, it's, 82 or so we won. Fulham tankers every time yeah. lately. Yeah, but the thing is... And we haven't won a London derby. And, I mean, you know, the London, the record in London derbies is, is astonishing. Well, I mean, this comes, this well, comes back... Well, consistent This comes back to the idea that the manager isn't the problem. And this, is, this will be the theme for the rest of the, the programme, I think. The decade. Mm. Never mind the programme. We have been beaten solidly, <laughs> early, massively... In London derbies constantly since Tony Fernandez arrived. Yeah. Mark Hughes lost 6 0 at Chelsea. Neil Warnock lost 6 0, 6 1 at Chelsea. Mm. So it's 6 0 at Fulham. Uh, Ramsey went 3 0 down at half time at Palace and has now lost 4 0 at Fulham. You know, Redknapp lost London derbies. In, we lost 4 0 at Tottenham. The manager's not the problem. Mm. Yeah, the club, the, the structure of the club's the problem. 
Okay, we, we are definitely going to come back to this. We've got an interview that's uh, waiting for us, uh, a relevant one. He's, he's on the podcast a lot, and we're really grateful to have him, which is Kevin Gallon. But, of course, Kevin now has a job at MK Dons. He's a scout, and we're playing them on Saturday. So who better uh, to talk to? Do we want cheering up? Hopefully cheer us up. Be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, then Kevin, here he is. Kev, thanks for joining us. Before we uh, ask you about MK uh, and Saturday and all the rest of it, Try yeah. and cheer us up from Saturday. We've just spent 15 <laughs> minutes in misery here uh, t- talking about the Birmingham game. What's your take on it? Um, are we are we live now? <laughs> We're recording. We press record. Oh, okay. Oh, from a, from the game on Saturday, QPR game. Well, I only seen the highlights. So look, um, just can't. Look, you can't keep conceding goals and expect to win games. Simple as that. Um, I see the goals. I don't really think the second one was a penalty, but the first goal is is a poor goal to give away. It's just a ball in the box. I think it's Konchesky's let uh, Paul Robinson go on the run, got across him, and he's headed in unchallenged, unmarked. So, you know, when you're one nil up away from home, you want to keep it as tight as possible and and hopefully get a, you know and get a clean sheet and you win the game. It, it didn't happen. Second goal, I'm not too sure. I didn't really see it clear, but from from what everyone's saying, it wasn't a penalty. So. You know, when your luck's going a little bit against you and the things are going wrong, these sort of things happen. But, um, you know, we need to, as QPR as a club, need to start stop conceding goals. And we've talked about the game, but uh, the sort of other main news point from this week has been the appointment of Neil Warnock. Um, to yeah, the I mean, that was, uh, that was a, a bolt out of the blue completely. I didn't expect that. Um, blast. You know, blast. I didn't expect... For what Les said, um, you know, a few days before about Ramsey needs to step up the game. That was another bolt out of the blue. So, you know, I, I feel a little bit for Ramsey, uh, Ramsey because, of the, because of the fact of the matter is what hasn't helped him is that all the players that were supposed to have, have left have stayed, and expectation has risen, and probably rightly so. And it hasn't. And his remit probably was to rebuild, but. As you know, the club's massively in debt. The damage was done years ago with uh, overspending. And uh, the chairman obviously thinks, well, we've got the biggest budget in the league. We should be in the top six. And that's the pressure of uh, managing QPR and the expectation. Kevin, it's uh, Paul Finney here. Hi. <laughs> um, just a, when, when you were in the dressing room and, and, and part of the team back in them days, um, it was never about the money. It was about playing for the shirt, the pride, and everything else. Can you can you see? Well, do you think the money's kind of ruined us a wee bit? Is what I'm getting at. And do we need to get some well, of that spirit back? When when you bring in players, and we've everyone knows this. When you bring in players that have who have come to a club for the wrong reasons, the wrong reasons of a lot of players have come over the last few years is that QPR are a soft touch, giving out contracts. Now, that's um, that's what happens, and it's the days of supporters playing for the club for end really a lot of clubs, not just QPR, sort of uh, is fading out. Mm. So it is, it is, a, it is what it is. Unfortunately, there isn't, you know, anyone I can see coming through at the moment who's not not a real QPR fan and, and they don't have to be but if you're brought up from the youth team to the to the first team you know you sort of get the culture and you get the, the feel of the club and 
it'd be nice to see someone come through in the near future. Kev, can I jump in? Matt Winton. Hi, mate. Hi. Hi. Um, obviously, the time that you came back to QPR and Ollie was the manager um, was an interesting time because we were skint and because players yeah. came to QPR because they thought it was a career move or because they did it like you, Birch, Cookie, Rollins, because they wanted to play for QPR. Um, and I think that the problem with QPR is while we've got money, it's always going to be the same issue. Um, and I think, I think um, Clive said a very interesting thing on the way in, that at what point do you say enough of putting the money in, let's just make of it what we can? Well, the problem is, when I understand what you're saying, but we've got the pretty much probably, I don't think anyone has got a bigger budget than QPR this season. Now, that's probably maybe not nothing to do with with Chris and Led Ferdinand, but that's players that he's inherited. There's players on 40, 50 grand a week. Now, the chairman obviously thinks these players should be getting, getting the team promoted. And that's where the problem is. And I know you say start again, but I've got money at stake. Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're listening, we're listening. There's a lot of money at stake for the chairman, and rightly or wrongly, he wants to see a return on the expenditure of what's happening at the moment. That's <laughs> it with 20 Ke- years. Kev, we've... we've um... We've been given this uh, line, and, uh, and it was something that people bought into, I, I suppose, certainly before the season started, about there being a long-term plan and actually sort of consolidation and, I suppose, repair was needed. And now it seems that the, the patience is starting to run out. Do we need to be more... Do the fans need to be more patient than they have been? I think it all sort of changed when... Um, it's difficult because, you know... Yeah, maybe a little bit more patient, but, you know, we're, we're playing teams, and I know games ain't won on paper, but you wouldn't swap, you know, the majority of our players for any other players in that league. You know, you tell me that, could you tell me that that um, that Birmingham's squad of players or team of players were better than QPR's on Saturday? I, I wouldn't say so. What I would say so would say is, They've got a centre half or two centre halves in their team who can head the ball. QPR haven't. Now we've we've struggled in, at the back. For some reason, we haven't signed anyone who can head the ball and clear the ball. We can pass the ball out from the back, but we can't defend. Now, once we get the fundamentals right, stop conceding goals, QPR will move up the table. I really believe that because we've got goals in us. But we keep conceding, Kevin. A lot of the um, a lot of the players that we're getting very excited about keeping this year, Austin apart, really. Um, they were all here last year when we finished last. Sandro, Leroy, Fur, Robert Green, Matt Phillips. You know, we were last in the. Pre- Do you think we're overrating them slightly? And and you know we're rushing to get back to the Premier League with this team. Austin's out of contract at the end of the season, so we could potentially go back with the same team that finished last without Austin. You know, is it is it not worth just taking a step back and reassess? You know, maybe Leroy Fur is not you know God's gift to football. Well, I never thought he was, and and I still and I don't think he is. But he has got he has got some ability. But you only see it on rare occasions now. 
how do we get him playing seven, eight out of ten on a regular basis? Hmm. But so someone's got someone's got to do it. So why are we, we? You know, people are hammering Ramsey for not getting these players. So you know, these players on paper, they you know. They're, they're great players but I think you said is the Birmingham team better than us yeah it is because it's a team we're still a collection of, of individuals and I just think we're over egging how good these individuals are I mean Sandro couldn't I, get Sandro couldn't get okay. fit last year I, I agree totally but maybe well, then that's the manager's job to get them playing as a team mm. K- Kevin um Right, let's move on to Saturday. Uh, you are you're now working for MK Dons, aren't you? So, I am. so are yeah. you telling them? Yeah. Well, I know we've got another game before then, but are you telling them everything they need to know about how to beat QPR on Saturday? There's plenty. There's plenty well, to go on. It's not that hard. What, yeah, I know. Watch last week's match of the day or whatever it's called. The What's championship. That? Yeah. Ew, at the moment, it's not that hard, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm only joking. No, well, I'm going to the game tomorrow night and I have to do a match report for MK Dons on QPR on their strengths and weaknesses and go through the team. So Can I do it? That's my job. That's my job. And I've got to do it. Mm. Who better to do it, in a way? What can we expect on Saturday? Well, you'll expect MK Dons to pass, pass the ball, pass the ball. They have a way of playing. Uh, they pass it as much as any other team as much as any team in the championship I think if, if you look at their stats they've probably got they're in the top two or three or passing so they'll try and pass it I'll, I'll expect them to try and keep the uh, the QPR crowd um, as quiet as possible to try and frustrate by keeping the ball and then you know depends what happens tomorrow night then you know I think the plan would be for and would be for MK Dons to keep it as quiet as well and, and try and frustrate and get the crowd sort of on and putting pressure on their own team which you know that's sort of a game plan for most teams when they come to QPRs to try and keep the crowd as quiet as possible and frustrate them so you're going to put in your match report don't even bother to put high balls in QPR defence are brilliant at heading <laughs> heading the ball out and clearing well, it so don't well, even bother well, the pro- yeah no I know. well that's the thing I mean tomorrow is, is, is a problem because um, um they, they've got some big strikers MK Dons haven't and they'll pass it and they won't go for long balls all the time OK hold on one large donic fries extra chilli sauce on mine MK, so play, playing MK Dons will probably suit QPR more how many games do you think they will give um, this management team a go do you reckon um, before they think they might change things well, I mean, with the arrival of Neil Warnock, obviously something is not is not right in the back, in the, in uh, upstairs in the boardroom. So, QPR, a worst possible scenario, if QPR lost the next two home games, then I think the writing's on the wall. QPR win the next two games, then everything is hunky dory again. At the end of the day, if you win matches, there ain't a problem. Delaying the the structure at any football club is always win win on a Saturday and everyone's happy. You lose, no one cares what goes on on on, on Tuesday morning at eleven o'clock in training. People turn up aloft this row three o'clock to get entertained and to see QPR win matches, and that is the main thing. Yeah. Thanks, I know Kev. That is, the, uh, is, that is as basic, but that is the truth. Everyone knows that, don't they? Surely. Of course. Well, look. Hopefully, we've got two home games coming up, so. Hopefully we'll get a couple. I mean, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow night. So I want to see QPR do 
really well because not only as a supporter but also my brother my brother works there and you know it's important for him to for him to do well as well so of course well hopefully you're reporting on a on a big victory tomorrow night uh i really hope so i really hope so thank you very much for joining us really good to speak to you as always See you soon. Take care, mate. See you, big man. Cheers. Cheers, Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So if we win, Kevin says if we lose the next two games, it could be curtains, as they say, for for the manager. Do do we agree with that? I think think the Brentford game's looming pretty large. I don't think we'll do particularly well against Chef Wednesday. I went and and watched them at Brentford a couple of weeks ago. I think they've got a lot about them that's going to cause us problems, including two massive geezers up front. Mm. (laughs) Um, uh, And I think we might win on Saturday. And then I think, as I've said, you know, Ramsey, Hughes, Redknapp, Warnock. We've been getting tonked in London derbies. Just that little extra bit. Why do you think that is? Little extra bit of intensity, little extra bit of commitment. QPR just don't have it. I think think it goes goes back to what the the Birmingham player said in the paper today. We're a team of individuals. We discussed it earlier on. That's why if you can't raise your game for London derby, um, we did. We beat, to be fair, we beat Chelsea. That was when Warnock was there, which I'm sure he's going to point that. Um, and things that I just don't think yeah, that was one that was one time we actually did seem to understand what it was all about yeah but that's why I think Fulham beat us repeatedly because they take it seriously they it means a lot to them and their fans and we we don't I don't think our players take those games as seriously they don't want to beat the likes of Fulham for kind and of every, every time we've gone there we've been in a state of flux because we're always in a state of we're flux we're always in a state of flux exactly, so will so. anything ever change unless we actually no. So, so surely, as long as we're not in serious danger of going down, should we not just give this management team a go? Yes. Interesting. Well, it depends on how much money the, 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 the wage bills are mounting up. As Kevin says, we, we, whether we like it or not, it's a huge wage bill, which means the debt's going to go up and up and up, and it depends on whether the board are going to be brave and see this plan through, knowing that that money's going to take longer to pay back. That debt and wage bill has been accrued while spending three of the last four years in the Premier League with the television money. And that's frightening. Right. That is frightening. So we're, we are in a rush to get back to the Premier League now with a team that patently isn't ready because it finished last last season and it's probably mm. going to lose its best player this summer. We're in a rush to get back to the television. All we will do when we get there is spend the television money and more on more players, more wages, more agents, and we will come back in greater debt. We're 200 million now. They will go up. They will blow because the team's not ready. And do you? Th- they're not going to say, right? We're going to bank the money. We're going to finish last. We're going to come back and we're going to bounce back. They'll spend it all on players because that's it's not going to happen, Clive. This team is not going back up this season. No, no but that's, that's clearly what I know they're it's suggesting the it should. It's, I know it's the strategy. But it could easily get in the playoffs because it's not a brilliant well, league. You know, if, if Austin can drag them over the line like he did two years ago, maybe. But I just don't think that this team's got what it takes to get out of the championship, which mm. is um, work rate, commitment, die for the shirt. And, you know, you could put, the problem facing Warnock is he did very well last time. He surpassed expectations totally. Can he do it again? I think it's very, very difficult. Goose is cooked, and it? Might yeah. actually be for the best if we don't. Like oh. I say, if we go back to the Premier League and just layer another load of massive earners and things on, we're just going to come back in more debt. Like, this debt has been accrued while we've been in the Premier League. I think the thing is that the plan 
of the board's plan. They've got to be brave. They've got to see it out, and they've got to stick to it. And they, they can't detour. But I always but thought. But then we're all saying, you know, the manager's got a couple of games yeah, but, left yeah, when we're but, kind of yeah, not yeah, having because we know how QPR. But, but Les came in last season. Let's be fair. Les came in, and the, it w- would have been Sherwood. That was the idea, I believe. Sherwood and there, was, but for the grace of God, go us. However, look at Villa which, now, also, and you said it, Clive. You said it at the time. But you know what's going to happen, January the first when. Some all the panic buying starts and Fur and Sandro on a loan to someone. Oh, we don't panic buy on January no, the first. We panic buy on I'm January the thirty first. Big fat Sam's going to come in and have a piece of Sandro. Someone's going to say we'll take lo- Fur on loan for the rest of the season, and we'll be left with you know we'll have Phillips and Austin. Yeah, because you know no one's going to come in and pay the price for Phillips now. Austin might as well stick to it. There's mm-hmm. no point selling Austin in ja- if he can stay fit for the season. Um, and we're going to have to reassess again in, in January and re- reset our expectations at board level then. But um, do you think Sandro and Fur are going to be the difference as to how we finish I, this I season? I don't. I don't think of Phillips and Austin not. will be. But exactly. I, but I think that that is the problem that the club faces today and is the level of expectation by the fans, by the owners, just based on names. And, uh, you know, names don't win games, teams do, and it's boring. And it goes back to what... Um, Holloway said in 2001 we shouldn't take anything for granted mm. Matt, but, but, but sorry, sorry. and we beat Brentford in 2002 we used to beat win those London derbies mm-hmm. but what we need we need characters we need someone to, we need a new Gareth Ainsworth we need a new Kevin Gallant we need people to come in and we those people cared about the shirt yeah, but that, you know, I know you're pissing the wind with that but I'm just saying someone. we need someone to lighten up that dressing room needs to be lightened need, up it's, I hate it's to say this wrong. we need to go skint that's what we need to we're do. giving it a go we, I know but we need to the only way QPR will heal is by going skint and starting again with people that love the club behind it and then We'll you know, achieve more with one million than we will with a hundred million. hundred percent. We've wasted two hundred million. We're, we're, you know, it goes back to the thing. We are exactly the sorry. To t- um, we're exactly the same team. We're exactly the same infrastructure that Jim Gregory left behind thirty years ago. Apart well, from players. Well, on I was going to ask you about this, Matt, and, and I know you are potentially going to be the first person ever to leave the podcast whilst we're <laughs> recording. Pretty good. I've excuse. got the longest journey home. You, me. you're going. Do you live on the Isle of Wight? Yeah, White? I do. So we're recording in Farringdon tonight. What it's 8.15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Farringdon at 8.15, and you have to get the 9.45 ferry? 10.45 last ferry home. I've told the missus... I told the missus I was still at work. She'd go mad if she knew I was doing this. It's a bit like the bloke in the... Doesn't e- subscribe, does she? <laughs> yeah. I hope not. <laughs> um, she's not on Twitter, I hope. Well, uh, so uh, what I was going to ask you then before you go is... You, obviously, we all know you and your family have been involved at various points in the club throughout the years. And, and at one time, I, I guess it was that, that sort of period 10, 15 years ago, quite involved. What are your observations on the key differences in how the club has been run throughout those periods? I just find that in times of adversity, that's when QPRs shows its real togetherness. And I think that... Um, what I enjoyed most about the time we were to, I was involved with the club was the players loved the club, the manager loved the club, and it created this, um, this sort of camaraderie between that there wasn't... The players felt like they were fans, and the fans were close to the players. And I think that um, it's very, very sad because the players don't give a monkey's. Um, and it's creating this thing where the fans are aggravated because they know the players don't give a monkey's. And there's now 
I mean, I don't go a lot, but I can tell from what everyone else says, it's a terrible atmosphere. I don't go a lot because of what the club has become today. And you think we need to go skint to to rediscover... And I can promise you one thing, we will go skint. Get yourselves ready, because this club, there's no way back financially for this club. Well, I'm not home. inviting you on again. One thing I will say for about goes not to embarrass him, but I do love the story about your father when um, this 67, we, we won the, the cup, and he, he, he didn't obviously think we were going to win. No one thought we were going to win. You take it up from there. No, I mean, we, the, the, you know, the club, the, my history with the club, really the exciting bit, the best story is in 1967, where the club stayed at the Winton Hotel in Bayswater. Um, the night before the uh, League Cup final, and they were staying there the next night, and they'd made, they'd, they had a game on the Tuesday night, and um, the, they'd, they'd laid on no party, no, no, no party to celebrate. So my old man, <laughs> you know, he went to where they laid it on, and they, they did the after party there, and, you know, Alex Stock went completely nuts because they had a game on Tuesday night, and, you know, they were all up in the bar. It's a great story, and, you mm. know, being involved... Cute, there was that, a difference... It's a beautiful club, QPR. It's just a shame that it's lost its way. We're going to wrap up anyway. <laughs> um, so we finish up with the R's end, uh, which is kind of anything and everything that you Clive's haven't yet got to say. Got to we'll let yet. Matt go first because then he can go and catch his ferry. Matt, anything else that you, uh, we haven't covered tonight uh, that you think we should have? No, I just think that everyone's got to get behind the club because... Um, you know, I, I, again, tough times, I think, are ahead. And, um, you know, I think that we need to prepare. It's depressing, but it's the truth. We need to prepare ourselves for that. Uh, are you supposed I don't to think I've ever though? seen this, said this before. Cheer us up, Clive. Uh, got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely uh, no chance at all of that. Um, you've got to make a really, really compelling case to get rid of the head coach at QPR at the moment because firstly we don't get new manager bounce we just don't like some clubs they you know they put a new manager and they have a little, you know the numbers are Harry Redknapp won 3 of his first 17 Mark Hughes won 2 of his first 10 and Chris Ramsey won 3 of his first 15 so there's going to be no new manager bounce if mm. they're in. so secondly what has this board done to suggest that it would be able to choose a, a decent manager? You know, well, it hasn't made a decent appointment yet. Why? Why do we? Why this hunger for the, to let them try again? Because they've shown over and over again they can't do it. Is it a case of feel better next time? I don't know. You know, what is it? Fourth, fourth time lucky or something? I just think the first yeah. season Fernandez got wrong was Philip Beard, right? And no, the first thing he got wrong was getting rid of Warnock. Well, so I mean, mm. appointing people in the club, he didn't, and, and the agent's just absolutely. I mean, I heard a story that um, I'm not going to mention names because it's easy that way. But um, we were after a player. The agent said another club was going to pay this much. We phoned that club up to find out if that was true, which is just shows you how amateurish it was at Rangers at the time. Is still, yeah, and that's and th- th- therefore agents will rip you to shreds, which they have done. Sorry, Claire, for interrupting you. No, that's fair enough. The, the other th- that that patience that we're asking from the board has to filter through to the supporters as well. Because if you ask it, people in the pubs in Birmingham on Saturday, I'll oh, get Nigel Pearson and get Nigel. Which personally, I don't. I don't think would happen because of the way he left Leicester and because I don't. I don't think he's got a particularly good relationship with our 
CEO who hired him originally at Leicester. But if you look at Pearson's oh, yeah. record, he was appointed at Hull in 2010. He won one of his first six. He lost 4-0 at Millwall. After 17 games, he'd won three. So presumably, if he came into QPR and won three of his first 17, we would want him sacked again, because that's a worse record than Ramsey. Same at Leicester. 18 months before we got them promoted to the Premier League, they were dreadful. The season before he got them promoted to the Premier League, they won uh, three of their last 18 games. Again, we would want him sacked for that. So the thing that we want Pearson here for took him 18 months to get to, at which mm. point there's about four different points we would have sacked him. We would have, mm. The fans would have been on his back. So it's all very well sort of asking the board, you know, saying we should be patient or whatever, but I don't think the fans are that patient. And you saw what happened to Seb Poulter on Saturday, which yeah, was, was going to be my R's well, end, which was absolutely disgraceful. Well, I'll do a very quick R's end because it's following on from that. Please, patience, patience, patience. That is all. This is a well-worn narrative now that the problem at the club is not whoever is particularly managing us. It's the system. It's the way that the club's set up. Ferdinand and Ramsey, are the, their remit is to fix it. Now, whether they are or aren't, we've always said patience. We're not going to go down this season. We're not going to go up. So if we accept... I know that's not particularly aspirational. But if we accept that, just... I think just give them a go. We're going to win some. We're going to lose some. It's not always going to be pretty. There's going to be games like the Fulham game where we're not going to be happy. But you know what? We haven't done this for five years. We haven't actually let anybody get on with it for a while. Let's let them get on with it and see where we get to. Paul? Just got on that for a second. Um, I took, It wasn't always that way because, I mean, you know, my, my daughter was born in... 2001, we lost 4-1 Danny City's debut against Peterborough, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He got sent off. Yeah, yeah. and um, people accepted them sort of defeats them deaths because they knew that everyone mm. was trying. They knew they had faith in the team could get it right. You might not like getting tongued, you might not like getting beat, but we hadn't a lot of money. We didn't do things madly. I think the players need to... to if the if players are, are playing for the manager, then it's possibly to get them sacked because they're not. They need to step up for the... the Les Ferdinand says Ramsey to step up I'll tell you what the players need to step up and protect them a wee bit as well because they're letting them down badly and it's not good my hours in this show is, is, is pretty simple um, I met a fella from who travelled down from Carlisle with his son Martin Beatty and his son Chris and they go to every game home and away and you know that's that's a support I, I really like the, the support is amazing for QPR Saturday I thought it was actually quite Bad, was really, he really said, bad. Said Poulter before he'd even touched the ball. He was only on for four minutes, and presumably we would like him to score an equaliser because that that would be a good thing. <laughs> Although the guy behind you on Saturday, I believe, was saying, "I hope we don't score an equaliser yeah, because then I can get I can get stuck into singing, to singing, Ramsey. singing badly in my daughter's ear." I, you know, and fair play to look. I, I'm not. I have no more no. right to have an opinion than anyone else as a QPR fan. But I find it bizarre that he doesn't want us. Anyone doesn't want us to equalise because they want to. Abuse the manager before, before Seb Poulter had even touched the ball on Saturday. He was getting some fierce abuse from the people behind us, and it was all about the fact he was German, useless <coughs> German. This, oh really? That's disappointing. Effing German. This, effing Kraut, effing this, effing German, and it was all about him being. And he hadn't even touched the ball. He didn't do himself many favors when he did come on. I'm not sure he's very good, but I'm not sure. I'm sure. But there's no relevance. Is that count? Is, yeah, is that not counterproductive? You want? You want? We want the guy to score an equalizer, don't we? How about we? encourage him and then afterwards we say oh Poulter's not very good I couldn't agree more mm. very quickly in two results Sheffield Wednesday MK Dons what they're going to be Paul 
toxic if we lose both, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we should turn it around. And I think, Clive, you said it earlier on, if we do, Neil Warnock will get some credit and Chris probably won't get the credit he deserves. I don't know what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. It's, it's a mad mix, but of course I want us to win both games and we should win both games. I'll go, I'll, I'll go one win, one draw. Clive? Yeah, there does seem to be a weird thing where if it goes wrong, it's uh, Ramsey's fault. And if it goes right, it's uh, the players or somebody. I think we'll struggle against Chef Wednesday. Like I say, I saw them, liked them. I think we'll beat MK and I think we'll get beat at Brentford and that'll be his lot. And if you haven't killed yourself yet, carry on with us next week. <laughs> it will be more cheery next week because we'll be on, on the back of two victories, let's hope. Right, thank you very much for listening to QPR Podcast. We shall see you next week. The QPR Podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production. The QPR Podcast is sponsored by Grant Harrod Lerman Davis, accountants and tax advisors for individuals and businesses. The Harrod in that title is Jeremy, who's a partner and mad QPR fan who goes to both home and away games. If you want expert advice and a free consultation, phone Jeremy on 01895 633 033 or go to ghld.uk.com. UPR, UPR, Big Bob Rangers.